Yerucham never spent much time on Parnassa. After he got married, just as before he got married, he spent most of his time davening and learning. His wife Leah considered herself greatly privileged to marry such a special man. It was not unusual in those days, in the shtetl, for the wife to be the one who would work. She would rise early in the morning and go to the marketplace, where farmers from the countryside would bring produce for sale. She would buy three dozen fresh eggs, a few live chickens, a bag of goose feathers, or a basket of mushrooms, or other similar items. Then she would bring everything back to her own neighborhood and sell them to the balabustas that lived nearby for a small profit. Her earnings didn't make her family wealthy, but it was enough for their necessities. The most difficult time for Yerucham and Leah's family was in the winter. The roads that led to the shtetl were blocked in by snow, not fit for wagons or sleds. So few farmers, if any, would venture into town with their produce to sell. During these periods of time, the shtetl was isolated, and Leah could do no business. At such times, she had no choice but to use her small savings to keep her and her husband and her family fed. But it broke her heart every time she had to dip into the small amount of funds that she had saved up. One year, there was a particularly severe winter. Snowstorms howled for weeks on end. With a sinking heart, Leah watched her savings melt away. When there were only a few pennies left, she plucked up her courage and interrupted her husband's learning. Yerucham, what are we going to do? How will we feed our children? There's almost nothing left to buy bread. Yerucham lifted his eyes from his Gemara and replied, Have betachan, my dear Leah. Avinu Sheba Shemayim has never forgotten about us before, and he will not forget about us now. But what good is betachan on an empty stomach? said Leah. I can't bear to see my children starving. What will I say to them tomorrow when they cry out for bread and milk? Why should we worry now, said Yerucham? Until tomorrow morning, there's plenty of time for Hashem to provide us our needs. Put your trust in Hashem, Leah. He will not forget about us. Leah felt little comfort, but her husband's calm, unshaken faith reassured her that something would indeed work out. Yerucham decided to take a break for his learning and get a breath of fresh air. It was very cold outside and was snowing. As he was about to return inside, he saw something glistening on the ground. He picked it up, took it inside, and saw that it was indeed a silver coin. Baruch Hashem, he said. Now we have enough money to buy bread and milk for the children for a few weeks at least. But then another thought occurred to him. If Hashem wants to send me Parnassa, couldn't he find a better way? Why did he have to throw it to me in the dirt for me to pick it up from the ground? No, I will not accept it like this. Tomorrow morning, Blineder, 
I will put this coin into the pushka in the base medrash where no one will be looking and no one will know where it came from. So Yeruchim returned to his Gemara and put the silver coin on the table in front of him so as not to forget it when he went to Shul in the morning. Deep in his studies, he did not hear Leah come into the room, but he certainly heard her exclaim in delight, Oh, a coin! He looked up and saw her staring at the silver coin with tears of joy in her eyes. Yeruchim had already forgotten about the coin, but seeing her now, he put his hand on it. It's not ours, he said. What do you mean it's not ours, said Leah. I already promised it to Tzedakah. You, you've given it to Tzedakah? The children are starving, and you gave this money away? She looked at him bewildered, and then began to cry. Wait a minute, Leah, said Yerucham. Let me explain. Imagine, my dear wife, if I would be able to give you a gift, but instead of giving it to you in your hands with a smile, I would throw it in the garbage and tell you, now you go and pick it up. Would you accept such a gift? Of course not. Hashem can give us our parnasa in a nice way, otherwise I don't want it. We might as well go out begging in the streets. There's no more shame in either case. Take my word, Leah. Hashem is just testing us. He hasn't forgot about us. He's testing our faith in Him. So let's be strong in our betachin and show Him that we really mean it. Leah knew that her husband was a tzaddik and a tamid chacham, but she couldn't help feeling a little bit upset, knowing that there was not a morsel of bread or a drop of milk to give the children in the morning. Yerucham returned to his Gemara. That night, two merchants were traveling on their way to Lemberg. They had been traveling for many hours through a severe snowstorm, and they were very tired. They longed to find a place where they could spend the rest of the night, sheltered from the wind and the snow, to rest their weary bones. The little town through which they were passing was completely dark. No one was awake, and they didn't want to disturb any of the householders. Suddenly they saw the faint glimmer of candlelight through a window. So they stopped at that door and knocked. It was Yerucham and Leah's house. Yerucham opened the door and asked them to come in. Judging by their fur coats and their fine sled, he realized that they were wealthy merchants, and he apologized for the poor accommodations that he could offer them. All he could provide was a roof over their heads and some hot water. But the visitors were delighted. They assured Yerucham that as a matter of fact, they had everything they needed except shelter and hot water. We have plenty of food, they said. All we want is to spend the rest of the night under your roof, and we're grateful to Hashem for your hospitality. Leah got busy boiling some water, and the merchants brought in a large wooden chest full of food. Leah put a Shabbos tablecloth on the table, and the merchants unloaded bread and butter, cheese, tea, sugar, herring, onions, pickles, even a lemon to go with the tea, and some jam. And needless to say, there was a bottle of mashka as well. The visitors insisted that Yerucham and Leah join them for the meal. While they were eating, 
the merchants engaged Yerucham in a conversation which soon turned into a lively Talmudic discussion, for the merchants were also quite learned, though not at all as much as Yerucham. After a few lachaims, one of the merchants had an idea. You know, Yekel, what occurred to me? Why should we go all the way to Lemberg to have our dintaira? We can have it here. Yerucham is a learned man and a tzaddik. If he will arbitrate our disagreement, he will save us lots of travel time. Would this be agreeable to you, Yekel? Yes, yes, a brilliant idea, exclaimed Rabbi Yekel. So Rabbi Yekel turned to Yerucham and explained the situation. My friend Rabbi Yosef and I have been business partners for a long time, and we've been very successful, Baruch Hashem. We've just concluded a very lucrative business deal, and a disagreement arose between us about how to share the profits fairly. You see, we are not only partners, but we are good friends. Neither of us wants to wrong the other in the slightest, so we had decided to take our case to the Rav of Lemberg, who is famous for his scholarship and his wisdom. But now that Hashgacha Protis has brought us to your house, we see that you are a Tamad Chacham. We would like you to decide the case in accordance with Halacha. Let me assure you, Rabbi Rucham, our intention is not to save money. We will pay you the same fee that we intended to give the Rav of Lemberg, 10% of the amount in dispute. But you really will be doing us a great favor. You'll save us the long journey to Lemberg in this awful weather, and we are prepared to accept your decision quite happily. Yerucham hesitated. He told the merchants that he had never engaged in a dintaira before. But under the circumstances, he finally agreed to take up their case the next day, seeing that they were both so eager to settle the matter and strengthen the brotherhood between them. The following morning, Yerucham and the merchants went to the base medrash to Daven. Yerucham found a private moment to slip the silver coin into the pushka unobserved. And at the same time, he thanked God Almighty for his infinite goodness in not forgetting about him and his family in their time of need and sending him Parnassa, not only in a worthy manner, but also in a most generous measure.